Woodstock, day two. I'm, I'm glad to see this guy over here brought his date for the pay-per-view. A lot of sex going on with Plastic Woman over here. A, a local guy, a local guy who has made good, a native of Frankfurt, New York. He's from the Emmy Award TV show, Frazier. Say hello to Paul Cusimano. Paul Cusimano, made good, Frazier. Hey, fucking guy's on a rock, man. Oh, come on, you're making me proud of me. All right, you want to rock? All right. Get ready to give it up, man. From Detroit. Rocking as motherfuckers in business today. The devil without a cause. TC and Jake. Moment of truth, Ken. Have you seen the Woodstock 99 documentary yet, Jake? No, that's my final answer. Have you kept your promise that you made explicitly to the listener? The only people who matter in this whole world. Uh, again, no, that's my final answer. Uh, if I could add an addendum to that. I Hell have no. seen 35 of the 58 minutes of Limp Bizkit's set at Lollapalooza. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we got to 35, but... Um... I opted for that. The, the the rest of the podcast can uh, can discuss that with you. I'm uh, I'm here with Jorts. We got Jorts. Hi guys. Here from Los guys, Angeles. Is this uh, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit? Is Jorts on the run because the eviction ban is ending? Yes, <laughs> without a <laughs> doubt. Uh, they doubled the price of my apartment, and someone said yes, so I was out of there. That's awesome. One hundred percent rent increase. So I wouldn't yeah. say we're out of a pandemic, but it's safe to say I'm, I watched a 100% in rent increase of my place. I feel like we are out. What happened? I, I heard we had vaccines. We're kind of back in here in California. Uh, yeah, it's a real, pan, uh, real panic party out here. It's interesting, though, uh, in California, the pandemic, I feel like, brings fully into focus how different different parts of California are. And like, I, I guess I know that just from driving up and down and, you know, hearing from people. But I think in like, I would say 75% of America, California is a monolith to them. And yeah. it's just California. But when you're out there, you quickly realize like, all right, I can drive an hour and a half and no one has a mask. Oh, yeah. Bakersfield's a little different from ev- San dude, Francisco. Even, even Ventura. Yeah. Ventura is like a pretty nice place and it was lax as fuck and if you go to a gas station or anywhere in la it is a hundred percent so yeah yeah um the place where steve is from our buddy steve uh lodi they like consider themselves have you heard of they call it i think state of jefferson yeah which is yeah, that that movement to like completely like secede be independent it's pretty intense up there. So, and I think everywhere. I heard of that when we started talking about uh, what's the Northwest Secession Movement, TC? Uh, Cascadia? Cascadia. Someone was like, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of these actually in California for different reasons. Um, so 
you know, whatever. I mean, you guys are, this is a real Thelma and Louise vibe. Like the two of you just. We have nearly driven off a cliff. So, yeah, it, it has been a Thelma and Louise vibe. Many, many cliffs driven near. Um, I'd say we did a great job with it, though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, uh, we're, yeah, like he said, his, uh, his rent's going up, so he, he wanted to come out here, and uh, I, I heard that it's fun to hang out with George in California, and I wanted to verify that, and um, it seems like it's pretty fun. Have you guys met Lisa Ann yet? No, 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 no. On the lookout, though. Yeah, for sure. Always. I mean, that always. I feel like that way I, in, in great time. Right. We haven't met her, you know, on this trip. I might have met her before. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, so, how long are you there, TC? We're I doing leave, this Wednesday at four o'clock our time. I leave tomorrow. I get home tomorrow at like eight. Have you done cocaine with Michael Sarah? Mm. I've not done cocaine. I've not done any drugs with Michael Sarah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, they do have drugs out here. They do. They do. It's interesting too, because have you guys experienced the, uh, spam call that, uh, purports to be from customs and border patrol? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I've have gotten you? it, uh, uh, like five times this week. And I told Kristen about it, and she she said she's gotten the same thing. It's a it's a uh, an automated voice. It's like you have five minutes to call back the Customs and Border Patrol office regarding. Those are terrifying, regardless of how old I get. Yeah, and, your, uh, how fake your, I know they are. <laughs> right. So it's like uh, your regarding your bag, which contained drugs and cash. And I'm like, all right. So the first couple of times I got it, I was like, it was like one from, one from DC, one from Miami, one from uh, like Thousand Oaks. But the Thousand Oaks, when I answered, because I was just out there and I thought like, all right, maybe there's some shit with like my hotel, uh, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, it was like, press one. So I did. And, uh, you know, the deal now is like basically you get somebody. This almost got us uh, fired from Central Track once. Ultimately, like... Uh, TC would just do that for us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it wasn't TC. I'm kidding. Uh, when you get fake calls, a lot of times now you have people who are Southeast Asian trying their hardest to sound American. And uh, I pressed one just because I, I was like, you know, let's see where this ride takes us, you know, strap in. And uh, the dude uh, was not American. It was very obvious, but he was trying to. And he's like, you know, you've reached Customs and Border Patrol. I'm not going to do the voice. And I said, uh, hey, you guys have my drugs and my cash. Where can I get it? And he just hung up. Wow. That was a clue. That was a Let clue. Let him to off him. the line. Yeah. I let him off the line. Right. I had the hook. And honestly, though, I feel like Limp Biscuit kind of fucking killed it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm absolutely. unironically saying that. I've got. I thought they did too, performance-wise, and I also get this like redemptive, like like it's just a perfect time for them. Like coincidentally, twenty-five years later, after and they can kind of redeem their name, and he's kind of on this like good vibe, you know? Yeah. Message. Yeah, he's surf- he's and surfing. Looks killer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's and their you know, time he even again. referenced that. He's like, "This ain't Woodstock '99, <laughs> but we're gonna party like it's 1999." 
I'm like, <laughs> fuck yes. Good thirst. He knows yeah. that there was some rapes and he thinks that they're bad. Right. And he is now uh, ready to bring the loop daddy into the mix and just have a good time. Now, could you question the wisdom of the redemption tour involving probably 20,000 COVID uh, infections? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> In one didn't place s- at one time? It didn't seem great, but they were having fun. So. They were having fun <laughs> and appeared to all be uh, at least superficial. Did you safe. see Rebier down in the pit with Durst right after the show? He was like and, part of his ensemble. It was great. Incredible. Yeah. And Mark was like stoked on it. Like that's ah. it's great. <laughs> I think I've, I've generally tried to it. distance from Lip Biscuit, but I, uh, I had fun watching it. I was very excited. Yeah, I kind of did too, but secretly always like hearing it when I hear it, especially like album cuts. And uh, I'm going to see them in the fall now. So now I'm now it's cool to publicly, and now I can tell people I'm going to go. <laughs> I've been DC, waiting. You're going to that, aren't you? No, no. He's talking about a, a thing in uh, Sacramento. I'm not going to be in Sacramento. He's going to four straight nights of Metallica shows. They're throwing a party, baby, in Sacramento. It's the oh, place yeah. to be. Me and Steve and Sam. That's Steve's awesome. little brother. Yeah, we'll report back. Four straight nights. We're going to get to see live, too. So I'm stoked on that one, personally. The no band one, live? Yeah, no one else in the traveling party is excited for live, so I might be there by myself. It's fine. You might. I'd rather might be there by myself. Hear the so dolphins can, cry solo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, In Sacramento. You so. If you want to talk about the documentary that I haven't seen, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, no, I want to wait until you've seen it. I want to hear all of your thoughts on it. Um, or we could just do the whole thing now, and then then you could watch it. Then you could show back up and pretend like we hadn't done the previous segment and give your thoughts then. Yeah, I really don't care either way just because – so a couple things. This Slovenia thing is uh, – it's taken a decent piece of my time. It's exciting. <laughs> it is it very is exciting. exciting. And then uh, then I had to watch Boyhood, which is eight hours long. Yeah, and between that and trying to get in all the Raven Saunders throws, it's been uh, it's been tough. You're having a good week, bro. <laughs> We're having a great time watching Raven Saunders. Well, I mean, just the whole vibe of the city right now is it's got to be just electric. You know, um I I'm very interested in 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 discussions about the uh the current vibe and uh I mean, I guess you were out here so you you can also speak to this. I mean, just, Chicago. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean But go ahead. Raven Saunders is Raven Saunders from Chicago. She's the look at me. shot putter. Oh, yeah. I assumed it was some like White Sox prospect you were talking about. No, I was just gonna no, say the no. White Sox are in first. Not sure I give Demar that, but you've got Demar. I mean, you've Lonzo. Got Lonzo. Yeah. Um, no, Raven. We 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 have been watching a decent amount of Olympics, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 ladies throwing events have been a real highlight for us. It's fucking dope. Just see some fucking huge chicks throwing some stuff as far as they can. Yeah. Um, and she's uh, the clear star of the show. One silver in the event, unfortunately. Uh, Dong got the top spot. <laughs> I, I think that was the uh, Chinese lady's name. Um, but yeah, no, we, uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, like 
Did it seem, I mean, you've, you've been to uh, Cowboys camp a couple times and yeah. uh, we're, we're at the most recent one. And uh, one of our big conversation topics driving around on Monday was uh, just that it does, I don't want to overstate this and I want to be clear that I like it, but uh, I would say the society feels more loosely held together than uh, in other visits out here and uh, just in general. Uh, we, we went to a CVS across from the Beverly Center at about 1030 and um, uh, it, it, it had a real zombie feel. Uh, which, which I kind of described a TC as like Beverly Center. It's like right there by Cedar sinai La Cienega and Beverly, right in the heart of West Hollywood. It kind of feels like the North Park area. And I, it's just like if you you know, hadn't been to North Park in a year. And then the next time you go up there, it's just like, you know, just sketchy drifter types in, in a CVS parking lot, you know. It's really surprising to kind of see that. I mean, not just, not just the, those types of people, but it just has this deserted feeling, which I think a lot of people did get out of here. But, uh, you know, even, if, even for being a Monday night, it was desolate and pretty bleak feeling. I can, I can tell from having lived out here, especially. Dude, it's newsome. Yeah, know? it that's, is. That's what we're <laughs> saying too. It it's is re- newsome. Yeah. Let's get a recall. Let's get. Yeah, uh, let's yeah get I Webster. think I think I've been long enough. I've been here long enough to establish residency. I, I yeah. am planning to vote in favor. Um, no, we. Uh, I mean, we we watched a, a man dying on the street. Um, the, the homeless person that had paramedics surrounding him as they were trying to like keep him in a, a prone position. Um, there was, uh, uh, we were driving down Wilshire, one of the main, main streets here in this, uh, the city and, and through, uh, Beverly Hills, like there was a street that was like cordoned off with police tape, like pretty major one. Um, I believe George saw them, uh, pull, pull a man out of the sea. There's just been like, for having been here four days, there's been a, a lot of death fairly nearby. <laughs> I, I, I live in Dallas and uh, I don't think that I see, see these sorts of things this often. And again, this isn't like uh, bemoaning the, uh, the destruction or whatever. Like, uh, I, I, I feel alive, you know? <laughs> I, I, like, I like being up in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not complaining, I'm just reporting. Can I make like a uh, possible political point that I don't even know if it, it flies or not, but you can tell me because you probably know better, TC? Only if it's about Caitlyn Jenner. <clears throat> is it that California is like the embodiment of the half-step centrist liberal where it's like, all right, we don't really just do the the Texas thing of like, we're going to try to keep as much of this shit out of your way as possible with possibly inhumane laws, but they also don't do you know, like a whole lot to actually pres- prescriptively help. They just sort of hand wave at it and say, hey, it would be better if this didn't happen. We're the, I mean, it's like, it's, does that make sense to you? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that like, it's, it's one of those tough things where whenever you say like, you know, uh, well, TC, you're, you're uh, to the left and what state is the farthest to the left in the union? Well, it's, you could make an argument for California. So then uh, TC, a uh, leftist, don't you like how they govern in California? And uh, I would say absolutely not. I think they're doing a shit job. Like I, I think about it a lot and it fucking distresses me. 
Um, I think that you know they the the government decisions made here are inflicting more pain on people than just about anywhere else in the country. Um, mainly stuff around housing, you know, like that that whenever like housing is lots of studies will tell you like how people get homeless and it's all home prices. Like even even whenever the economy's bad, if the home prices fall with it, um, you know, th that has some negative effects, but it doesn't make people homeless. Um, it's just whenever it costs a fucking ton to even get like a one bedroom shitty efficiency, then it, obviously it makes a ton harder for people to do that. And if you, uh, you know, systematically deny uh, the opportunity to build more housing, then that's just absolutely going to happen. Uh, you know, like I, I, and I mean, I, I think that a, it's weird because uh, of all the things on the left, I, I think that uh, a lot of like the, like, you know, your uh, current affairs and uh, Jacobin pieces about housing, I tend to agree with less than um, some stuff that's from like more normie writers. Um, I, I do think that like a lot of the market solutions are, uh, are, are a good idea there. And I mean, like I wouldn't be against the building of social housing, but um, I, I think that the, the far bigger thing is just fucking make it so that it's really easy. Like if you could, if you could build six units by right on any piece of land, that, that's what uh, Portland has. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, in any parcel of land in the city that's zoned for housing, you can build up to six units. Um, and so, you know, if, if that were available here, I think that that would make a huge difference. Also the, the, the thing that they've been focusing on and I think have been making some progress though, not totally is, um, making it so that, uh, stuff around transit automatically gets upzoned so you can build, you know, lots and lots of housing around, uh, places where, you know, the Metro and then like a uh, major bus routes go through. Um, and that, that stuff's kind of, that stuff's great because it, makes housing better and you know the the kinds of people like th that are homeless currently if we can get them homes near transit um it removes the ability or removes the total need to have a car um and makes it easier for them to you know uh have have a foundation for themselves um but then also just the, the environmental effects you know of if uh if people are able to live near, uh, you know, metro stops, and then all of their friends can live near metro stops because there's just a ton of housing near metro stops, then they don't all have to take cars to get to each other. And, um, you know, it makes it so that the freeways are less congested, Lot, lots of good effects. And so they've been doing stuff like that, but it's, I don't know, it's been really slow. They should have done it a full 20 years ago and uh, have waited till now. I mean, like, I, I very specifically remember reading an old National Geographic at Excel where they were talking about a family of four where the parents both worked full time and couldn't afford a house in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, that article was written in like 2002 and it's 2021. And the problem is much, much, much worse when, you know, people had been painting it, you know, what, what exactly the issue was for 20 fucking years. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we went to go see the green Knight yesterday, which was wonderful. Uh, and just seeing all the, uh, there's, there's a lot of homeless people downtown, which I think is a, a common, like a permanent feature. Of yeah, LA. The, yeah. There's an area, the skid row area is denoted on a, like a Google map. Yeah. yeah it, it really is. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, fucking, uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's like far more like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to turn it into a contest. Um, but like, 
something, the things that Greg Abbott gets criticized for, he deserves criticism for, but like, I don't think that any of them create as much pain and suffering as California's decision to capitulate to current homeowners and uh, not build more density near them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I'm hearing an, endor- uh, an endorsement for Caitlin. I don't, I don't know that Caitlin has a uh, grasp of the problem. Uh, my, one of my major regrets on the podcast so far is that uh, we just should have been giving Caitlin Trump-like coverage. I bet that she's saying fucking wild shit on radio <laughs> interviews, local radio interviews constantly, and I need to get on that. I need to go find some of those. No better time than now to start. Yeah, you know, I mean, we got to go to Jones tonight. To what? I- it's uh, you can tell by it's Jordan. Home base. It's a restaurant. It's a bar. Our friends work there. Uh, I'm really hearing TC uh, instead of Gavin Newsom. You sound like you might. <laughs> so really, that was an incredible uh, opening statement from your gubernatorial California debate. You you're kind of are ready to go. Mary Carey, gold- your response. a golden staircase (laughs) did you guys see the the viral housing tweet no that was tough no i don't even know if this is true but i'm just gonna read it because i also read some tweets from a fake giants reporter account today about how joe judge was turned on by the fight yesterday because i don't even care uh this is i i believe if you're looking at growth from let's say the 70s this woman said, I just learned that if the price of houses had risen at the same rate as median income in this country, then a house in 2021 would cost an average of $61,000. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, that, that, that captures the scale of the problem in my mind. Uh, I, I feel like it's, it, you know, it's, it's a boiling frog kind of thing where like we've been making fucking insane decisions about this shit for so long that people think that insanity is normal. So that whenever you say things like, you know, uh, that the, the housing should cost $60,000, they like, bah, what a fucking just living in the clouds. Yeah. When in fact, the people like, you know, who have been making it like the crazy thing is the decisions that we have made, not like, you know, these other ideas. You know what's going to happen, right? The natural extension of this is that people are going to, I don't even know if gentrify is the right word, but people are going to start moving to Oklahoma. Uh, (laughs) I just had a friend on a friend thread. uh, It's like thinking about taking the family to Tulsa. And I'm like, man, times are bad. (laughs) That is, he's a cool guy and with a cool family. Better than Dallas. I've been told Tulsa's cool. Yeah, I think you're talking I, I, about me. You are the one that told me that. Yes. Yeah. I I have a good time there, but that's just of of all the places to relocate. Oklahoma. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about the baby. Okay. Do you know anything of any context or backstory here? Yeah, he's uh, four aides. I don't know if he's four aids. By the way, I was able to cop. You know, this shit is extremely tough right now. Is uh, it true that it's difficult to find? Yeah, it is. Really? It definitely is. It's tougher than normal. He's talking about Topo Chico. And uh, the guy at my gas station, 
Uh, it is a gas station that uh, is frequented uh, by laborers in the morning, and that's usually when I go and it's buzzing. They have phenomenal food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they usually have a healthy stock of the twist of grapefruit and the twist of lime. And they have not been able to get either of those products for weeks. And so now I'm buying the basic and putting a little stevia in it. Mm. But uh, it's t- it's a really hard times. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the baby said a bunch of homophobic shit, um, outright homophobic stuff. Like I do, he had some AIDS comments. He you know he was on stage and went on a rant. And then there was like this whole movement. Uh, like I think they removed him from Lala, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's been a couple of other shows that he's had canceled. He issued an apology. I think his mom unfollowed him on Instagram, which has just got to be the dregs. <laughs> um, but it's just been funny to me to see the response of people that are like, all right, you know, uh, you know, he's he's homophobic and we definitely cannot stand for this. Um, because when you listen to, to Baby's lyrics, then I – have been quite a fan of some of his work. Like, it's remarkable to me what people, and this is an old theme, but just decide, like, decide to be upset about because there's so much of his music that is so misogynistic and so, like, outright, like, borderline, like, it's rape culture shit. Like, I mean, he he's literally rapping about, like, you know, Really, really like stuff that if you took seriously, you'd be like, man, this guy's a rapist. Right. And like nobody says anything at all. And then this is and I'm not like condoning homophobia by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that like it would it feels like people are treating it like like jars of clay went on like a homophobic rant and they're like, this is out of character for you all to be speaking like this. And it's like it's fucking the baby. Like. Dude has the wildest lyrics in the world that are usually about like fucking six chicks at a time and kicking them out and I'm not paying for that. And then he like says some homophobic stuff and it's like, whoa, hoo, hoo. Uh-uh. We cannot have that. It's just odd to me, like the the way that we decide, all right, all right, yeah. you get the fuck up out of here, dude. His, really, uh, you probably shouldn't be doing any of it, but I don't take any of it to heart at all. I'm not getting my moral cues from the baby. Like Dua Lipa was the big one, right? Like Dua yeah. Lipa did a song with him. That song is awesome. And she's like, I'm so shocked and disappointed by this. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Is there the statements he made were on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I what's happening? Oh, sometimes um I feel like if it's on stage or on camera. Like the fact that it can immediately be on the news and stuff too. There's like footage. There's a live feeling about it. Not that not that the lyrics or the songs themselves ever get a pass, obviously. But it, uh, you know, I feel like that there's almost like that soundbite in that footage of him doing that in a way that it can explode differently than just like uh, you know the Tipper Gore vibe of let's ex- let's examine all of the lyrics inside of the inside of the record or something, you know, I don't know if that's the case, but sometimes I feel like it's a little more explosive when it's like on stage somehow. Yeah. And maybe it feels more like off the cuff in the real you. Yeah. Maybe that. Right. Right. Then like, okay, this is a piece of art. 
right. and it should be interpreted as such. But I just find it funny, like you know, I'm with you on your point. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> it's just weird. Idea. I'm like, yeah, it's just it's it's really weird to me. And I think back to you know being uh, an impressionable teen, and I don't know. There's a possibility that possibly some of the views that I had when I were four, when I was 14 or 15 about homosexuals possibly was influenced by Eminem. I don't know. I think it was probably mostly in, uh, influenced by the fact that I went to church. Yeah. That might've been the single most, uh, you know, influential factor in the whole thing, but maybe, and there are a lot of kids that listen to him, but it's still just this whole, like, it was just this whole thing of like, get him the fuck out of here. And I'm like, all right, so, you guys, have you listened to any of this dude's songs? Because, like, if you wanted to decide to get him out of here, probably could have done it for literally any record the guy has ever written if you really wanted to put the bar to morally objectionable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's definitely, uh, you know, whenever he raps, he's talking fast. And if you say it fast <laughs> enough, uh, you know, you can get away with anything because, uh, you know, the, the people who actually are mad – uh, probably won't won't uh, take the time, but yeah, I I don't know, man. I I, I think that it it reveals once again that uh, the people making the moral decisions about our whole society aren't thinking about things very logically. Like it's it all like it, like releasing the statement. You you wonder how much of that is genuine horror and how much of that is you know the PR person has to first of all has to explain why that they have a job. Uh, so, you know, they're like sitting around getting ready for this kind of stuff, you know, like to monitoring these things and being like, ah, I'm out in front of it. Good yeah, job by me. This is what they do their safety drills about. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like trying to get a, a video preview or exclusive. It's not a game, folks. It's, <laughs> yeah. This is live bullets. He actually said homophobic things. And so, you know, you wonder how much of it is like her genuine wanting to express this and how much of it is hey, I just hope that this doesn't blow over onto me. So this is what the person who's professionally paid to make sure things don't blow over onto me uh, told me to do, so I'm going to do it. And then, you know, I mean, just like like, like you say, it, it does not uh, reveal like a comprehensive moral framework that they are then applying to this. I mean, whatever, I, I don't, I, I think it's good that, uh, I mean, from what, what do I really want to happen? I mean, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to say because I think it's largely colored by the fact that I just don't like his music that much from what I've heard of it. It seems kind of boring to me. Uh, lots of people disagree though. So, you know, what do I know? Um, and if, if this were Kanye, then I think we all know it would be a different full-throated defense for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It kind of seems like if his uh, lyrics are, are promoting that sort of thing, I, I think I probably wish that it weren't as popular what do you think? So it's not I like I want to live in a world where people aren't punished for those sorts of statements. Like, I, it's not like what I want is for him to get off scot-free on the AIDS stuff. It's just like, yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm not sure that I, that I have picked. I don't know that there's like homophobic stuff in his lyrics. I guess I'm more just saying that like if we're, if we're on the moral yeah, spectrum. Yeah, but immoral stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's... <laughs> If we're using the uh, conventional wisdom judgment, that's like most rap music. And for most of my life, most rap music had uh, quite a bit of a homophobic tinge to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Eminem was obviously like the one who got hit the hardest with it, but that was not uncommon. Right. Like, 
at all. And nobody right. really thought, I don't know that nobody thought twice about it. It was just, but I don't even, that might not even just be like a hip hop thing. Right. The conversation kind of comes and goes though. Every, it does, you know, a few years. It's not, it's definitely not as like sort of all encompassing as it was in the early nineties when this stuff was probably actually like actually terrifying to churches or, or whoever different organizations, they probably still say it is, but it's more accepted as part of culture. So I feel like that, that conversation is like, it's still happening, but you don't hear it as much because it's not like a full on like political thing that like people could make yeah. their, their careers out of maybe. Um, but yeah, the double standard is is wild, and I do. St- I find my own self sometimes scratching my head, like, "Oh shit, that's wild that that can kind of that that can quote like still be said or whatever," you know? Yeah, and it most of it is about women now, right? Like, I mean, yeah, there's times where I just, I mean, I listen to it because it's like music to run to, but I'm like, oh, that's that's definitely a song about you know. Uh, coaxing someone into sex and then like never responding to like I don't know it's just like yeah. it's it's kind of weird we don't even like blink at that. Um, did you guys watch the Cuomo post game? <laughs> we came out of a movie and I feel like before the car was moving, like TC had had his statement going. <laughs> yes, we did. I I mean I was driving so I couldn't totally hear it off your phone, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it was pathetic. What I could tell, it was pathetic. <laughs> the important thing for this podcast, though, is I want to be clear: we are monitoring the situation closely, but at this time, we are not issuing a retraction. Okay. About him getting away with that, huh? He currently okay. is the governor, and seems pretty intent on uh, telling you to go to his website so you could read his report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, does it sound like resignation is coming around tomorrow? And uh, if you're still governor, you still got away with it. See, I look at it like he saw he saw the Al Franken thing. Yeah, and was like, Al regrets it. Yeah, he's like, look, I didn't. Jesus Christ! Like, if there's one thing we can learn from the big man, it's that just play this shit out, man. Like, there's, you know, they got a lot. They definitely have a lot, but I can, I can, I think I can try to weather this storm a little bit here. And, uh, dude, the fact that, okay, so that was a, that's a pre-taped response, right? Not just pre-taped, like, that it wasn't live. They do, I feel like he got the report before they had their press conference and got this shit in the can so he could launch his, his, uh, his response missiles, like, immediately, yeah, that's probably what uh, Chris told him to do in their their planning meeting. I mean, it's what he told uh, exactly. Uh, so yeah, the fact that he's like, "Look, I kiss men, then they don't want it. I kiss women, they don't want it." You know, it's pretty much all this. Like, it was definitely. A, I wish I could have been in this meeting moment, and maybe there were a lot of people that wanted it. To, like, okay, so in the first five minutes of it, he's telling the story about how. I think he hit two things in the first five minutes, one of which is one of the women that is accusing him actually came to work in his office because she was so impressed with the work that they had done on sexual harassment in the workplace. Did I hear that right, TC? That that sounds right, yeah. And then he brings up, he's like, it's been in my family, you know, and I assume he means his sister. 
I don't know if they have a sister, but he didn't sound like he was talking about his wife. Because he's divorced, maybe, right? Uh, maybe it was Chris. Maybe it was Chris. But he did use the pronoun her a lot. Oh. Um, maybe that was a rip on Chris. Uh, like uh, when Bill Parcells used to call the dearly departed Terry Glenn she. Yeah. Is Terry Glenn's dead? Yeah, bro. What happened to Terry Glenn? I think he died over here not too far from me in a car accident. God damn. Dude, for a minute, the... uh, Did you know this? Yeah, I knew. I knew he had died. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, For a minute, like that corridor of 114, like through like Las Colinas Irving into Grapevine, that was not kind to the Cowboy... Uh, player or former cowboy player. Mm, I believe there Josh were a Brown. lot. Josh Brown, I believe maybe Tank Johnson got one of those. Mm. Um, there was someone else I want to say too that was like driving the wrong way. Um, but yeah, that stretch right there was was not was not good. Uh, but like he he immediately. I mean, you could have fucking won your bingo card on Cuomo. Four minutes in, I know someone, and they were in my family, and I just wanted to take their their pain away, and that's why I make people kiss me when they work for me, and that's why I pinch their their titties with the the dino grabber. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you use a grabber, <laughs> but for now, you're right. He did get away with that, huh? And. Uh, yeah, I, I would say from the, from the beginning, this has had a, a Northam-like feel that uh, he looked up the rules about uh, how he can be gotten out, and the answer is he can't. So, you know, he's just going to keep on doing... I mean, do they not have, like, uh, impeachment for governors? It, it seems like they don't. So they do, and they need a majority, and I think they do have the votes. So it's possible that he can be impeached... Um, but I don't know that that means that he would be, you know, he'd have to then be convicted. Yeah, it doesn't. Like he would be like from what I know of impeachment, it's that's impossible. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> twice, yeah, twice in a, the past year, we had a, a crash course. So I think that he's going to be impeached, but then they would need uh, two thirds of their sixty-three senators to to vote to to remove. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be able to continue grabbing into the future. And I have no idea if this is actually true or not, but I was listening to the Musers this morning, and uh, Sean Bass is filling in for Craig Miller, and he said like, that he saw a report that he like doesn't have another residence. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if it was uh, like a, a divorce thing or what, or, but he's like, Jesus Christ, man, like, this is all I got right here. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't leave the mansion. I go, what am I going to do? I bet that it. he would be able to come up with something. Hit Verbo. By the way, you know, biggest shock of 2020. Yeah. Verbo. He just, uh, he just gets like an efficiency in Albany, <laughs> wherever the Nexium people lived, like one of those just townhouses, <laughs> real quick, out in the burbs. What a place! You guys stay away from Albany. I uh, I heard that, uh, or I, I saw recently, they have a service now where you can subscribe, like the monthly hotel thing. Like you can stay in a what hotel every night. 
It's like twenty five hundred a month, and you just get like any Marriott room in the country. Yeah, I guess you would need like a more than a single. Like they would have to give you some level. Cuomo is still married, by the way. I don't know why I thought he was divorced. Yeah, because his wife uh, wasn't she? Didn't he catch heat because she was like telling people that they should like take weird baths and it would prevent COVID. She was on, yeah, she was on some goop shit for a second there. She (laughs) took like a tomato bath or something. I don't know. Search Cuomo wife bath. (laughs) Yeah, she is the editor in chief of The Purist, a website she founded. And she was also in Epstein's book. Mm, You never like to see that. It just all ties together, bro. It just all ties together. Uh, We have a couple media reviews, if if you would like. We've been watching some, some films. Um, strong recommendation for a hundred foot wave. You on hundred foot wave? I'm not. Kristen watched the first couple. Um, but I mean, I kind of lived it last week, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was yeah. out there. Did you uh, know he surfs now? Yeah, I did yeah. know that. Yeah. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that interested in it, but I might check it out. Are you there uh week by weeking it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we learned that last night. I was under the impression that. We were going to be able to just knock out the whole thing, and then at three, they were done. I think it's six total. I don't know if I can wait three weeks for that. But, yeah, fucking awesome. Just the whole thing. I mean, you know, the, the footage is beautiful. Um, the fucking story blew my mind. We had some uh, some real debates about whether or not it makes sense that uh, people didn't know where the biggest waves on the planet were. <laughs> like, does that seem crazy to you? How would they know? Just fucking look. Like we've been on, we've been on Earth for fucking however many uh, hundreds of years. That shit you know, probably whatever changes, the Bible says. though, dude. It changes. I mean, like it, cha- but just that you have people who have lived in this village. Like you know, it tells the story and the thing that like uh, you know the fishermen are are constantly not coming back because shit's too wild. And like uh, no one in the surfing community knew that. Like you, everyone in the village knew it, and like didn't communicate it to the surfing community until like a guy took a picture and like emailed it to a surfer. It was like, you should come check it out, dude. Uh, like I just I, someone knew, right? Like it, it actually was within the range of human knowledge. Like everyone in the village was aware. Not that it was the biggest wave on earth. But that the waves are fucking huge. And I mean, like, whenever you watch the fucking dock, like, uh, it's just shot after shot of, like, you know, uh, several stadiums high wave uh, coming in. So that th- they were like, eh, just had no idea until 2010 that there was waves at this spot. I, like, my, my angle on it is that there appears to be money in this, right? Like uh, Billabong's interested in putting up some cash <laughs> to, yeah. to make sure that all this can happen. And so if there's money in it, then like some kind of efficient process, like, you know, I, I was imagining that Billabong needs to like uh, hire a law firm to uh, prepare a report. Pepper Hamilton needs to come uh. in with a report on the, uh, the biggest waves in the world where they're just like, you know, all the kinds of people that would know. Go talk to fucking, you know, uh, captains of freight vessels to say, what's the worst wave you've ever encountered? Go to various uh, seaside villages and say, like, you know, like go to every big coast in the world and go to a village and be like, what's, what's, the, what's the gnarliest waves around here? Some kind of like uh, 
coordinated search. Makes sense to me if this is the kind of thing where, like, uh, you know, fucking Reef Sandals is able to, you know, trade their stock off of it. I don't feel like Billabong is making money off of where the biggest wave is. They're making money off of Pacific Sunwear t-shirts. So they're like, yeah. yeah, let the surfers figure it out. And the surfers hadn't figured it out yet. That was yeah. counterpoint. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love what you're doing there. You, you totally get how this goes. I I totally agree. Like you're you're giving Billabong way too much credit. Like that they're like uh, someone's you know, making money off it. Like if there's money to be made. Like 10% of their budget to be like, all right, so we want to be profitable, but we really want to we want to advance the sport. Yeah. Red Doubtful. Bull. Red Bull does show up as they will. But Red Bull shows up with the surfing team like a year, right? A year after the first team goes and does extensive research. Like they meet with the Navy and topographical experts and engineers and City Hall is involved. And then Red, Red Bull shows up a year later and is like, sick. <laughs> and they just go straight out and someone almost dies. Like the first wave. And it's like, I'm, uh oh no. It's F1 like. Have you yes. guys considered that uh, trying to spin zone this year? Like possibly climate change will be sick for surfing. It does appear to be the case. Like that's no one like says that directly, but it's it's what's playing in my head. Whatever. Like yeah, it seems like it's been getting better and better. <laughs> like, through what lens? <laughs> my father is really stoked about his Saint Augustine grass, and I think he. <laughs> He he said climate change might do might make uh you know Texas kind of nice into the summer. So <laughs> that'll be great. Th it's a plus that a, that like, and surfing. A list of the pluses, you know, so that and that would be pretty cool. I mean, they too. don't call it climate worse, they call it climate change. <laughs> right. It's up to you to decipher whether That's these right. changes are positive or negative. Life is what you make of it. <laughs> it would it would be pretty cool if like uh like if you or to view it again through the lens of like a, an alien looking at our planet, and you're like, "All right, well, it looks like all that shit is like burning." And all, everyone, they're writing it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're writing it. Like uh, twenty percent of their coastline is gone, and all those people are dead, or there were riots in their cities. But some of these people are writing it. They're they're actually <laughs> turning them into ramps. Pretty sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing i thought last night we talked about this on the show today when i saw the, the tweet of like south korea has identified a new delta variant and they they've named it delta plus Ugh. i subscribed to that and so that literally i went to the replies and like a decent number of people were like god help us we're all gonna die i'm worried about my kids and an, and an equal number of people were like do I have to pay extra for this to see the new episode of White Lotus? <laughs> I mean, rationale would lead me to believe that whatever is next in the Greek alphabet would be after the Delta variant. Yeah, like, they might have gamma already done variant, it. But this must be subset. What happened to Echo? Echo, thanks. You're a music guy. Echo's mm -hmm. not a the not a Greek letter. It's not. I don't think so. What is it? Oh yeah, that's a just, different alphabet from yeah, the you're Charlie about the military. Uh, yeah, I only, know, I only know military. Epsilon. That might be it. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. And what media review, e? the next media review. But let me say this real quick. Epsilon. When, when I do see those tweets, 
it does make me pine for Twitter. If we were gonna have nine eleven, if that's a constant, that's a given. I mean, does if make it is me, as long as we have people like you. It does. Thank you. It does make me pine for Twitter during nine eleven. <laughs> would have had a lot of sick jokes. Yeah, I'm sure everybody would. Nobody would have been photoshopping the crying Jordan meme. Oh man! Like in real time, like onto the photo of <laughs> right. people falling from the building. Yeah, a hundred percent would have happened. The dog a in the hundred... burning. The dog in the burning room. Yeah, <laughs> this is fine. This yeah. is fine. Sixth floor. <laughs> oh my god! I know. You know it would have happened. Um, but yeah, and then last night we saw something. Speaking of the war on terror. Yes, yes. Uh, a, a victory for America and the war on terror. That uh, We saw a movie that, that needs to be a bad radio review. Um, we're not willing to, uh, to quibble about this. Uh, it's an absolute requirement. We saw the, the 1527 to Paris. Are you familiar with, uh, with the 1527 to Paris? 1517 to so Paris. So it's like a few Marines who are coming home and there's a terrorist and they take over. Or, right. And then they, the Marines save them. It was a true story. It actually happened. <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and say it. The actual soldiers who participated in the event of stopping a terrorist play themselves. In okay, this, I remember this. In this I Clint this. Eastwood thriller. Oh, he and it is, it? He directed it too, and it's he had. It's the worst one of his <laughs> bad movies that he makes, which are his movies. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would like we we didn't know it was Clint Eastwood until the credits rolled, and we were having a conversation throughout uh, where it was. You know, it, could this be Clint Eastwood? And I think that we were in agreement. It was too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, here, here's a, a smattering of lines that you may enjoy. Um, my God is bigger than your statistics. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, I've backed that. I guess you're wondering why I'm hanging out with these two white boys. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> uh, just a lot, a lot of great stuff. Uh, I think it's something the effect of, uh, that's crazy. They built that that long oh, ago. Yes! yes. They're walking by the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> Scene opens with the Colosseum. First line is, that's wild. They built that so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> every line is like this. Like every time that someone, like, you know, there'll be like a carton of milk on the counter and they'll be like, this is milk. We just bought that. We put this milk here. You can tell that every, like the way they wrote the script is just to include Every single element. Everything they see. There's a six, seven minute scene of them ordering a beer at a bar. <laughs> yes. And then they meet up with a new friend. They meet a new friend who's traveling because they're backpacking Europe before they go back to their respective points of call. Because they all love war. They say the phrases, I love war, over and over and over. No way. Just want to be in war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of them does. Absolutely. Who's actually the guy who apparently was saying he loved war in real life because he's playing himself. And the, <laughs> and the, the movie opens with kind of this like wonder years style narration of like, you may be wondering how I got here and got here is like disabling a terrorist. <laughs> and 
Straight up. And then the first quarter of the movie is them in elementary school. Yes, yes, yes. So it's there's flashbacks. Like it's it's better than we're even making it out to be. Like we're we started in the middle of this and it's it, it's fucking insane. Yeah, and uh the fucking uh cast, like because they went skimpy on uh the lead roles, it's like all the people saying these terrible lines are people you know. Like somewhat prominent actors. It's a, uh, yeah, I think, Jen, or no, it's uh, Kitty from uh, Arrested Development that uh, is delivering the, uh, uh, my God is bigger than your statistics. You want us to drug our kids? Does that sound like a good idea to you, Pam from the office? Incredible. <laughs> yeah, they, the two of them uh, are called in to a parent-teacher conference, but apparently they had to do it together, but they're parents of two separate children. And they're, uh, the teacher just immediately says, your kids have ADD. Not a physician, <laughs> just, yeah, right. just their There's second no grade teacher. No discussion. <laughs> and it really plays out like what Clint Eastwood must think. Like, you know, like this ADD and, you know, like every little, yeah. every complete, every, from ordering a beer to catching a taxi to like putting your child on ADD, it's just a glimpse into like Clint Eastwood encouraging like film nouveau. Like, and he's telling these like real fucking people who participated in this event, like just kind of recreate your day and what it was like when you met the traveler from the Central Valley and you guys went on a boat together. And then it's 11 <laughs> like, minutes of okay. them like, that's sick. Let's, oh, the selfie stick. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They spend 20 minutes of the movie just making fun of one of the characters for having a selfie stick. What does this contribute to the plot? Nothing, dude. Doesn't come up again. They're just they're just literally telling you what happened in the hours before, or you know, days before they fucking tackled a fucking Arabian guy. Which is three nerdy guys in the army hanging out. That's what happened three days before that happened. They but do, they're, they're heroes. They do get stabbed in the head. That's pretty fucking gnarly. I don't think Arabian plays anymore, by the and way. And then the entire... Oh, sorry. Come on. Then the entire <laughs> press conference given by... Who was the prime minister at the time of France? Um, the, the, Sarkozy? His, yeah. Yes. His entire speech his entire statement honoring the three heroes is included in the film. Yes. And that's when me and TC both fell asleep mm -hmm. because it's just Macron speaking French for 14 minutes. And then the movie is over, but <laughs> you guys need to review it. It's a classic. It's a classic. Uh, computer's about to die. We're done. Okay. Do this. Yes. Do you have time to watch one more movie. I want you guys to watch the Reliant. Okay. Okay. We'll try tonight. Do you know what that is? No. What is it? It's the Kevin Sorbo, Brian Bosworth, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. gun control movie. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I don't know that I have two of those in me. <laughs> come on. Come on. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. And I promise I'll watch the Woodstock doc. All right. I'll see you guys. <laughs> All right, see Bye, Jake. Bye. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.